I revere the Chariot as the best metal band to ever do it. Uh, really, the reason I even got into a metal band was because of the Chariot and how inspirational their music was to me at the time. And started that band with my brother-in-law, Tyler Wolf. So very fitting that he would join us for this. He is a major The Chariot fan as well. And of course, Michael. So this was a lot of fun. And uh, uh, all three of us hold them in such high esteem that uh, I don't think we could possibly do them justice. But uh, stay tuned and we'll, we'll give it a go. I might do this one with no headphones on. If well, you uh, if you're going no headphones, I'm going no headphones. Yeah, if you're okay, I I got like this. I got this slight, you know, like when a headache is gonna start. I yeah. just I just have the beginning. It feels like the beginning. So I'm taking all my my uh, head accessories off Dude, between my I'm head about and you know about <laughs> this. I'm like honestly probably two months away from having cauliflower ear, and oh. it freaking hurts. Hurts. You've had you used to have that, didn't you? Yeah, I had it drained once. I still have some, um, like old scar tissue or whatever from it. But thankfully, I got away with it without. Yeah. You know, it being you know too noticeable. You get that from rolling. Yeah. 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 And I'm not gonna wear headgear. Just not gonna do it. It'll work out. (laughs) (laughs) She'll just get caught by her ear. Yeah. 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 I Um, guess I just I don't know. Maybe this is a total meathead thing to say, but like. I'm married. I'm never going to not be married. I have no reason to not have cauliflower ear. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't care. You know what I mean? Unless it makes me go deaf, that would suck. Then I couldn't hear the chariot anymore. Yeah. But I don't care. (laughs) Hey, man. I I keep my backup plans. You know, Cameo and I are doing pretty good right now. But, I mean... Who knows what the future's going to hold, you know? <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> listen to this show, does she? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to uh, that's, uh, that's funny. <laughs> no, I mean, I know it's like kind of, I, I, uh, okay, yeah, let's talk about stuff and not parking lots. What, what are we going to do, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, first we started with med- yeah, medical that's conditions. Oh, so goodness. Have you, have you guys ever, uh, have you guys ever taken the train? Gone somewhere on a train? Only like uh, I've taken the subway in Chicago and then at an airport taken the train around the air, like huge airports. Oh, okay. But never like a train. Why? I see. All right, my turn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I've only taken. <laughs> Sorry, I, was, I didn't know if you were going to go. <laughs> no, no, I. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry. For those, uh, I don't know why that was so funny. It was almost like it. It's like you wanted to grab the mic so bad, but you didn't have a thing to say quite yet. For those, you're uh, just filling in time until you think of whatever you. Since it's not a video podcast, I want to just let everyone know Mike had his hand raised and his other hand behind his head and 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 his his right knee shaking up and down real fast. (laughs) (laughs) But it is your turn. Uh, No, go ahead, Michael. All right. 
Yes, I'm taking a train. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, in the very, um, I've never gone, I really want to go on like a train, you know, across a couple states. That's something I really want to do because I've only taken, I don't even know if it qualifies as a train. Uh, it does, but it's more like a outdoor subway, you know what I'm saying? When you take it into Chicago. That's a train. Dude, I love yeah. it. Take the yeah. train. That's actually kind of what, yeah. Okay, and back to, I don't know what the sequence of airing is, so I'll just say it as if we didn't already talk about this. Okay. Um, <laughs> but when it comes in, like, stressing out about parking, especially in, like, Chicago and stuff, and, like, having to drive. I don't like to drive into cities. It stresses me out. Cameo makes fun of me because she's, like, super like calm when she drives into cities i like grip the steering wheel when you start getting into like traffic and stuff dude i get straight up terrified man i i i'm very like uh cities in general or when you're going to concerts just cities in general anytime i start going into like city traffic and then it just scares me or whatever so like going on the train to chicago like parking in harvard illinois and just you know, being able to relax and going to the train station and then walking around and coming back. That's just wonderful. Yeah. It adds another level. It adds another layer of fun um, when you can bring your kids on the train too, because it is a super special moment. Like I remember, cause they have, the, they have the upper deck on the train going down to Chicago. They have like the, the, they have an, an upstairs as well. So the kids like to go upstairs yeah. and sit up there. And so it turns into like an adventure. And what's cool for me is on any trip that we go on, I'm typically driving, um, and so, like, I don't, which I kind of need to be because if I'm a passenger, I get car sick. So, like, I kind of have to be in the steer, you know, be in command of the steering wheel. But on a train, for whatever reason, I don't get car sick at all. Um, you get train sick? I knew it was coming. <laughs> Dude, I knew Woo! it was coming. Uh, <laughs> no, Tyler. <laughs> But <laughs> the uh, last time, last time we went, we uh, boy, it's an adventure going on the train down to Chicago too, man. Each time we've taken it, we've probably gone on it three or four times, and there is always somebody in the car with you on the train that like is talking to themselves. Oh like, yeah, they are on the train, but they are not alone in their head, <laughs> and that's an adventure for the kids too. And that is when you can have a great listen with your kids. Drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> Drugs are bad. Just just listen. Yeah, and <laughs> especially when they're straight. really little, they don't have a filter where they'll like out loud yeah. be like, what? Huh? Why? <laughs> What's with that guy's hat? Why is he talking to himself? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, there was also <clears> one. We, we were, uh, we, one time when we were on the train going down to Chicago, there was a lady that had her own little personal Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. Just playing her music nice and loud as if nobody else existed in the car. It's just, there's just all kinds of sensations. Dude, that is so disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> I, the, the whole monopolizing the sound for an area. Yeah. Right. Uh, I just, uh, see, but these are the things. Let, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I just want to say this before I forget. Dude, when someone has a Bluetooth speaker cranking tunes at fucking, Rocky Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Mm. Dude, we're going to this. Dude, I live in Janesville, Wisconsin. Okay, we take a road trip to Rocky Mountain National Park. Am I saying that right? Rocky Mountain National Park? I'm pretty sure that's Sounds good to park. me. I've, neither of us have been there. So, so, so like, <laughs> you know, it's not like I can just go next Saturday, okay? Yeah. And so we're, like, walking up, and it's, a, you know, it's 
one of the most, you know, naturally, you know, fantastic things I've ever seen in my life is what I'm like approaching, right? And then like you hear this like yeah and you're like dude please don't tell me there's like a bro squad coming up and that's exactly dude there's like three guys three girls they're talking super loud they're cranking music and so thankfully i just asked cameo i was like hey um let's just like hang back you know so we can just like let them do their thing so i'm not constantly like they're like two minutes behind me and i'm like you know mentally trying to overcome the resentment i have for them just so i can enjoy yeah um Tyler, you probably think I'm just an awful I person. Think, no, I'm I don't with know. you, dude. I don't know what's going on. The music thing and then also phone calls. I was like at Music Around yeah. the other day buying uh, music stuff. And there was this <laughs> dude on a phone call. And she, the girl he was talking to or whoever was on speaker. And he's loud. He's like. Oh, he had it on speaker? He's like, hey, Trump! Hey, yo, uh, Hey, yo, uh, I'm about to buy this guitar. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, he went from a black dude to a southern white dude all of a sudden. <laughs> but he was loud, dude. And I was like, we're all, I would rather have you play Freebird like the everyone else here mm-hmm. than listen to your conversation. I, I had I had that experience. Um, it wasn't it wasn't that loud, but I went to uh, went to pick up my car from getting an oil change. And uh, well, the van, it, it was more it was we got it ready for the trip when we took the trip recently and so there are a few things they actually had Yeah, you're to. looking bronze by the way. I didn't no, I didn't get the sun. Everybody else did. Or maybe it's all in my head. <laughs> I myself for a little bit. But uh dude, dude uh That's I went the in sawdust. there and there is a guy. <laughs> there's a guy probably 70 plus years old on speakerphone having to talk loud because he probably can't hear very well either. Yeah. And so he's having a conversation with his wife. He had called probably like 10 minutes. They're just going over all and they're saying stuff about the 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 dealership that I took the car to, he's telling her stuff about them and how they're working on their car while they're all there. And he's like <laughs> saying he's like saying stuff about it. It's like, dude, you should probably take this off a of speaker and go a little further because yeah. because she's saying this like just rude just rude stuff. And it's like the mechanics are right over there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, lady yeah. at the front desk. I guess it's women get <laughs> jobs now. <laughs> it's just kind of like I don't know. It was it was a very bizarre experience. But I also the, see the lady that the lady that was on the train is different than your bro squad. Okay, the bro squad, I'm I I see eye to eye with you on like you know have have be aware of your surroundings. Like have a little bit of self-awareness sure, right yeah, now, yeah. right? I, I did definitely hijacked your story. My No, 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 that's yeah. fine because that's uh the, I I actually uh, your scenario is perfect for the kind that's like all right, they should just know better and think differently. But like they need to be different. In my <laughs> situation, I I felt like a uh, I felt like a that the lady that had that Bluetooth speaker needed an escape from her world more than I needed one from mine. It was okay in her situation, yeah. Just based on what was going on, and there's a piece of that when you go to a bigger city. Um, when you go to a bigger city, there are just. I had the privilege of being able to go to, to quite a few different bigger cities when I worked for the Harley dealership. I'd go three times a year. I'd actually travel. And uh, um, I'm not a big people watcher. I'm not really a big people person altogether. <laughs> but like, there's something about being in a big city and just s- some people have like, they have zero tact. They have zero like 
it doesn't matter who's around, but there's there's like this sorrow in it that just is, I don't know, it's one of my favorite things about going to a big city. It's incredibly humbling, in all honesty, going out there, uh, like go, going in some of those situations. But um, I don't know, man. The name of the song is The City. Oh, nice. <laughs> and when, I was wondering. When I think of The City, I think of Chicago because it's the closest big city to us. And when I think of going to Chicago, I think of taking the train. And so this song makes me think of the train going down to Chicago, man. Hmm. I really enjoy that time. Hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Let's talk about this song. We should talk about the band. All right. Dude, uh, there's band, too much to say. This band has been a long time coming for us to do a podcast about music and not have brought them up within the first 30. I mean, we brought up 68 and pay Josh Goggin his due because he's been highly influential on us. However, the Chariot... The Chariot is the band, and uh, I thought it was important to have Tyler have you on with this because way, I, mean, I literally I see you I've, rocking. I the shirt. only wear this. I've, I got this for Christmas probably five six years ago. My Chariot Farewell Tour T shirt. Yeah, I've worn it maybe five or six times because I only wear it. I wear it when I'm recording albums, when I'm oh, in okay. the studio recording yeah. my, myself, in like special occasions. I'll wear it like one day. I'm <laughs> on. I never wash it, so I make sure I don't sweat in it until now. <laughs> I love the chariot, dude. Dude, yeah, I, I'm I'm super happy that you're you're able to come on and uh, and nerd out with us on it. But like, I I, I just want to open by saying, um, they are the best metal band that has ever existed. And if you disagree with that, you're wrong. Yeah. And we're probably not going to see eye to eye on a lot of things if you don't agree with that. <laughs> But I I think that this uh, this band not only changed my opinion on metal um, music as a whole, it opened my eyes to just a lot of great stuff that I love now that really came because of my appreciation and love for The Chariot. When I heard their first album, yep. it rocked my world. I could not believe what I was listening to. Well, yeah, and before we get too deep into the song, and you mentioned that album, I want to yeah. say, I grew to like Norma Jean, heard the lead singer left, I was on Solid State's website, saw the promotional material for that guy's new band, The Chariot. The first album came out, I was 15 years old, I believe. I went to the exclusive company, bought it, brought it back to my house in my bedroom, downstairs, Prairie Avenue, and I listened to it, beginning to end, I opened up the lyric booklet, and I wrote them out by hand. I don't know. I already had them printed. I wrote them out by hand in black Sharpie on notebook paper, and I put them on my wall. Oh, so from awesome. day one, this yeah. band, I was like, this, they get me. This is who I am. <laughs> if my heart, or I should say, if my personality had an output jack, and you were to plug something into it, the chariot would be what you heard. Like, this is who I am, dude, in a band. Yeah. Oh, I love these guys. Dude. I I had a bit of a different first experience. Um, you and uh, showed them to me, Tyler. I was asking for... Tyler showed me most of the music that I listened to. He influenced a lot of um, music that I listened to then and then when I came back up here than you did. So both of you are responsible for probably like 
you know, at least like 34 at this point. At one point, it was probably like 80% of my music library, you know, but <laughs> but at this point. Um, so I really enjoyed that first album. Um, but like a couple other bands I listened to at the time, I don't know why. I don't know. I was just in a different place. And this happens sometimes with like authors or, or whatever. But yeah, I thought they were really cool. But when I came back up here uh, in 2013... Um, Actually, it was about like 2010, I, I, I think, when I was still in Florida. I started listening to them a lot more, and I was like, what album these at guys that are point? the business. Um, so I still had that, you know, Everything is Alive. Yeah. Um, and then I got The Fiance. Um, and then I didn't hear Long Live, I don't think, until I moved up here until 2013. And um, yeah, the rest is kind of history. I've just listened to them, you know, obsessively since... Um, you know, I think they do represent, yeah, what they've accomplished. Um, it was a bummer, dude. Uh, I was going to go to that farewell tour. I, I didn't know it was their farewell tour. And when I moved back up here and first got clean, then I started, like, going to shows. But it took me a little, I needed to be clean for a little bit before I could go to shows because I just had a hard time. Um, now I am I feel pretty comfortable. I really enjoy going to shows, um, Especially when they're not in bars, you know, I prefer them not to be in bars, but most of the shows you go to, there's alcohol there. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I was talking to Brandon in the parking lot of Harley and I was like, hey man, Chariot's going to be around here, like we should go. And he's like, yeah. But then like we were too busy and I was like, oh, we'll catch him next time. And then I remember, I think I told Brandon this, but I like saw that it was like later, I saw that it was their farewell tour, you know, and so... We'll get into it because I know you've seen them a couple times. The Chariot and Me Without You are two bands that I've lost count. I've seen Me Without You more than 10 times. I've seen The Chariot, honest, probably seven or eight times easy. Like I just, See, that's crazy. I would we, not miss them. When we were friends, I don't think you had even seen them yet. Mm -mm. No, I had because I saw them when they were touring at their first album at Cornerstone. Oh, okay. I was okay. walking around like looking for somebody with dreadlocks because they'd probably bum me a cigarette because I was 12 or whatever, you know what I mean? And I saw The Chariot on their first album. And uh, unbelievable, dude. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, <clears throat> I don't have, I have very few regrets in life. And uh, maybe the only two are never seeing Roadside Monument or The Chariot live. Mm -hmm. That actually, Roadside Monument, to me, I go, that makes sense. Like, they were probably played around Seattle a ton, maybe didn't come to Wisconsin a, a whole lot. You know no, what I mean? And, the Chariot, yeah. it breaks my heart that you didn't get to see I it. I know. I, it's it's actually really dumb because also Roadside Monument <clears> broke <throat> up in 1998. I was 15. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, if I was going to go see him live, I would somebody would have had to take me there. Yeah. Like, it's a whole different life. Yeah. So, it does make sense, but it's also one of those, like... I, I would have had an opportunity to go to a cornerstone probably to see them hitch hitch a ride a, along with somebody at the church at that time. Yeah. But um uh dude the chariot, I just this is why it's kind of a genuine regret, is I have no excuse other than I did not get off my ass and go see them. Yeah. And it's just kind of it sucks. Um I've seen I've seen sixty-eight uh three or four times, um, which they're definitely a band that like I want to see them live. You, mm -hmm. you, you need to experience that live, you know. But the chariot, with how high I hold them on a pedestal, being in in all sincerity, they're hands down the best metal band I have ever heard to this day. And uh, the fact that I never saw them is just my own damn fault. But um, well, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I've said this to you before, and uh, I think 
I, I would say this about any song, but I think when we get into this actual, the specifics of this song, it's related to this. When Brandon, you and I played in a band, mm-hmm. I said this on my podcast before, it was my opportunity to play pretend. The way that a child plays house or a little girl has a tea party or whatever, that is the spirit that I had when I would play in a band with you. I was playing pretend. I was pretending to be the chariot. And, and I don't care. That is not original or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I get to do this. And that's the thing about their shows is you are an instrument when you're there. It is it's like almost not a... It's like you are part of the band because of the nature of their shows. You know what I mean? It's just a total experience, man. So I'm like, so you haven't seen them, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, all right. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks just to be you. making me feel like shit. So let's uh, <laughs> talk about this song. <laughs> yeah, it, it is uh, um, uh, Shaggy versus the Tank Tops. Even forming that, I mean, the Chariot was a massive influence on being able to be like, you know what, I, I want to I do this. I want to not take myself too seriously. Go out there and just play really, really loud. I don't think I would have actually done that. I, I loved a lot of raw punk music, of course, yeah. growing up. And uh, had always wanted to be, you know, I'd always wanted to be in like a punk style band. I just, I just never, I just never found a drummer that could play that kind of beat until Kyle Bouchard. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was never really a, it's, I don't think it was ever really a skill thing. It's like anything. If you don't like, you know, I, I've never tried sweeping on, on the guitar doing sweeps. Right. Yeah. But if I sat down and, and took the time over time, like you could, you could do it, you could learn it. Well, you, you could, could. whatever. Well, no, I think anybody who applied themselves and put the hours in that, that That's already plays guitar, that already, already plays guitar could do that. But, um, uh, I, I think it's just for whatever reason I loved punk music, but then the chariot is what tipped it off to like, dude, we got to do something just out there metal, and and they uh, because they have they have plenty of elements of punk within it, like super raw, fast drum beats, um, just going crazy, and it was uh, of course anybody who would have been to a Shaggy show and heard that music back then, and then would have heard the chariot, they would be like, okay, yeah. Brandon's definitely highly influenced by the Yeah, chariot. they always had Roadside and Chariot. Yeah, that, <laughs> and, and another band actually around that time that was influencing me pretty heavily at that time was the Bronx. Um, yeah. I loved that music, man. Just don't care, balls to the wall, scream your balls off. Um, they, they stayed in their lane a little more, four-chord bangers, you know? Um, but uh, uh, do this, yeah. The, the Chariot was highly influential. Yeah. So where do we start on this song? I, I think I think uh I think Michael, why don't you kick it off, man? All right. Uh so I mean Well wait a second. First of all, how did we come to the city? I think Tyler, you had suggested and then I Actually, it ha- Tyler, you sent me some suggestions, and then I actually sent them over to to Michael. And I think Michael, you picked out the city the from one. Tyler's from Tyler's list. So why why did you guys? I don't think I love this song. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think this would have been on my top four or five songs of all of theirs to like kind of put in there. Yeah. Although I love it, like I I don't know that really all their music does the band justice. So you can't really pick a bad one necessarily, but like I should kind of, why did you guys have this in your top? 
I mean, so for me, I think like for a band like The Chariot, I think there are some songs on their albums that are, you know, entirely complete within themselves and they showcase plenty. But some of them are junctions, you know, some of them are smaller parts for a larger whole. Yeah. Um, and like, especially towards the the later parts of their discography, because by the time they get to one wing, I mean, that's pretty much like one large song split up into different parts. And do you it, like that album? It's incredible. Same. I, it's probably I, my favorite, actually. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, it's, I think that thing is monumental. Um, I think it's really cool, too. In one of Josh Goggin's um, early interviews when he had started 68, I know at one point I heard him talking about One Wing, and I thought it was pretty self-aware of him saying that his songwriting and the things that he was wanting to do were like uh, going away from the Chariot style, yeah. and it was hard for him on One Wing, but there were times where he just knew like, oh, this isn't for the Chariot. And so he put it oh, off to the side, yeah. which is super cool to hear. Like, like, um, but uh, so for for Long Live, I, I just feel like for the city, when it comes to being able to showcase like the musicianship, the audacity of the 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 band, the radical like pace and nature, and then the fullness of the lyrical content, like this has got to be one of the most. I, I don't know, man. This is one of the most like showcasing songs yeah. that they have. Like even like the, the, I mean, for an example, the first track off this album is fire. It's amazing, Wait, but you're still that... not getting everything. Uh, you're still not getting all of the chariot because it's, it's an intro and, and they're doing something in that. And so he's, they're slowing it down. He's screaming disappointed. I know you are, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's so incredibly important. It's not less important than any other song, but this, like when it comes to their punk rock, when it comes to their metal, when it comes to their poeticism, and when it comes to just their full steam ahead, you know, because they're a live band, and I'll, I'll talk about that. Even though I haven't seen them, I can see how the way they write songs keeps entirely the crowd in mind and what they're trying to do. And so... I think this is an excellent song. If we're talking about the chariot and we only got one shot, this is definitely yeah. This is definitely up there for me. Yeah, I mean, th I don't think they have a bad song, but this, if they were to have a hit, this would probably be it. Yeah, it's uh, it's like the most digestible, and he goes on this long rant, which he never goes on any. He never says anything for too long. Most of songs, in fact, are short, but on this one, it's almost like when a rapper has of takes a verse of a song but just goes longer than anybody or it just goes off you know what i mean like when you listen to i'm not even gonna name a rapper because i'm gonna sound like a total doofus but um that's what it's like when he goes on the rant towards the end before the o's i love in. i love it because he's kind of running out of breath yeah i love and it gets it there's this desperation and it, it's a little maniacal kind yeah. of a thing like i he, he he gets moments like that in some other songs but i do love that about this song is just that kind of running out of breath is part of the charm yes well and in one of the lyrics he says it's printed on the back of his t-shirt he says if i leave this earth tonight maybe said that i spoke my piece and that's the vibe i get from him in this song is that he's like i just want to make sure this gets out there like i just want to make sure i say this now yeah as um so in writing, like, there's times that you, there's times that you don't want your character 
like just fully like exposed or apparent and unless you're like an auto fiction writer you know like fiction writers you can read their stuff right and you can kind of see like where they're coming out in the wash you know what kind of inspiration they drew but they're creating different characters you know and that's important it's important to separate um the artist um from the art you know so that you can examine it in different ways but in this song it's like it's literally apparent but it's it's also artistically apparent that this is straight up just Josh Scoggin putting his heart out. Just th- this is like his like a testimonial song. I feel like not only to him, but what they're going for in a band because it's a rally song. You yeah. know what I mean? They're they're it's a spirit. It's a, it's a it's a a spiritually militant song, right? That's taking on notions of spiritual warfare, and it's a, it's a revolution. It's a revolt, yeah. and going from city to city. And in a, you know, completely nonviolent, peaceful, beautiful way. Um, and so I think that's a lot what they stand for. They're, I think a lot of what they stand for is using music, using art to move people. And it's what we've talked about often. Like, I don't really give a shit how good you, how you are at something. Like, what are you doing with it? That's what interests me. You know what I mean? I can appreciate phenomenal authors. But like, if the story is simply to um, showcase how good of a writer they are, like whatever, but that usually doesn't happen. Yeah. What happens is they're trying to wound and heal. They're trying to show the wounds, trying to find ways to heal, and I think they do that beautifully in this. Yeah, man. Well said. Well, I even think, and Brandon, I'm I'm not trying to twist the knife of you having not seen them live, but I read these lyrics, man, and I go, this. I feel like this song is about touring and the live experience. That because. He used to come out on stage several times when I've seen him, and he would say, "This is your band. You are the chariot. This is your show. We are not a band. We like you know what I'm saying." And he would just be like, "We're in this together," and he would scream that at the crowd. And it, I remember I used to see this when I would see this band. I would be I worked at a treatment center. My first job in my ministry career worked at a treatment center where I'd walk in and I was in charge and I wore a wore a polo. You know what I mean? And I had to conduct myself and manage conflict and whatever. And I took someone from that treatment center to a chariot show, and uh, he knew me as program director Tyler in a polo. And then we went to chariot, and I don't think I'm different people in different rooms. But when I get to a chariot show, like the realest sense of who I am, and he's like standing in the corner, like, <laughs> "Did you relapse, dude?" I'm like, "No, it's the chariot." Yeah, <laughs> they pull out who I am because I think that's what, and that's why I think the O's are there in the ending because it's like that's the part for a crowd. They're a three piece sometimes, most of the time a four piece, and they don't accomplish those O's live. The crowd does. The crowd does, yeah, man. And that's what they're there for. And it's just... And if you haven't seen them live, you've accomplished it in the front seat of your Prius or whatever. You know what I mean? I certainly have in my dad truck outside. Just screaming O's to this song. Because this... I feel like this song is about... uh, It's about being a fan for fans. And it's about having fans for the band, for Josh Goggin. It's about the group experience that they are. Who's talking? I was enjoying listening to you guys, man. I, I think I, I would say this. When you when you talk about Tyler, I, I'm processing a little bit hearing hearing you say that because um you know, I've known uh, Tyler, you and I have known each other for a very long time. You were probably like 
10 to 12 years old yep. when I first started to get to know you, right? Guitar lessons, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we go so far back that, like, to hear you say that, uh, you know, you 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 think you're the same. I, I, I forget how you said it, and you actually said it better than I'm going to say it, but the kind of like you don't, you don't put on a facade somewhere. You're not a different person at one thing, and then, you know, you go to the show, and it's like you put on your real face now, right? Yeah, I'm not two-faced in the negative sense. Yeah. In a sense, there's different Every, versions of us everywhere. Exactly. But. And and I would say, like, in, I have a career. I have to be professional at the career, especially in, you know, customer relationships and things like that. It's not because you're being fake. It's because, well, it's just kind of the right thing to do. Sure. And there's there's a time and a place to do, to do like, the right thing is different for different times and places. Yeah. Right? And so it's not that you're a chameleon. It's that you're kind of just doing the right thing at the right time. And so um, I, I think knowing you as well as I know you, and for as long as we've known each other, having the experience of playing music that is in this vein together and writing it together, yep. and then being at a show, and not only... It, and I've also experienced playing this kind of music with you where you're on the drums, and then also where you're on the bass. And like, hmm. uh, when we would play, I have to bring this up because I do think that this kind of music brings out maybe the best in both of us, all right? And at least the most real sense of who we are and who we can be. Because I have had people watch Shaggy versus the Tank Tops footage online and be like, that is not Brandon. Yeah. There is no way that is Brandon. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm being a different person, yeah. but it's to your point. Like, nobody would get to see that side of me. I don't walk down the street or go into my job screaming my balls off, throwing a guitar over my head, yeah. right? You don't, there's a time and a place for that. Yeah. And so um, what you did, and I think Tomaszewski might have said this, or no, maybe you did. Dude, I don't, I don't even remember who did, but you, you, I think you did when I was on the podcast with you. You gave people the permission with Shaggy to be able to just be out there and to let loose. And when you were on bass, dude, us playing together was some of the most fun I have ever had. When you would play 100%. bass and we were right next to each other, I would go back to that time just to experience that with you, even if just once. Like, it was unbelievable doing that. And that same sensation you can experience that same kind of feeling seeing something like this live, being a part of it. And so, um, and I think to some extent, seeing 68, there were experiences just like that, watching 68. But uh, um, I, I can appreciate when you say, I don't think that I'm a different person necessarily, but like, isn't that where we would just want to be? It's just out of the chariot show. Yeah. That is just where I want to be, man. Yeah. And so, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that I'm sitting in this room with both of you just like, damn, I'm happy to know both of you. Yeah. I am proud to be friends with both of you. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I mean, there's just something, uh, just the language I would use. There's something for us, perhaps, for for other people you know, it's different, but the way music affects you on a spiritual level, right? And then you take 
preference and how you prefer to be affected on a spiritual level by music and the fact that we all have very similar tastes and stuff and being able to experience that alongside people is, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And when you have like the, if you're a, if you're a, 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 you know, a creator, right. An artist, um, and that goes for the worst guitar player on the planet and the best, right? Because they're both creating. They're that has nothing to do with... They're both sitting in this room. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, when, when, that's like, when that's what makes you tick, um, you know, a band like The Chariot and, and you know, part of their, you know, mission, right? Because I, I do believe that part of their mission is to, like, unify in really radical ways. Like, they bring this, I mean, man, it's just like worship, you know, for me. And I'm, you know, sure you both would, you know, whatever. I'm going to speak for myself. That's what I'll keep doing since yeah. I'm over here. Uh, dude, it's just like, it's it's how I get closer. You know, this is a band that's an example of like how I get closer to my higher power. And, um, and in another sense, like, I mean, we got to talk about, we got to talk about the lyrical content because... Um, like that's what it, that's what it, that's what it starts out with is, you know, they say the language is dead. Well, then why do we speak? You know, like he's taken on, he's taken on, he's taken on personal purpose here. Yeah. Just a hundred percent. And so, um, you know, we all have our own spiritual beliefs, but one thing that is, that is, I think we can all agree on in this song that is very apparent, right. Is the notion of unity you know, towards the, you know, towards the end, oh, we stand hand in hand and we walk without fear. Yeah. Right. And so I kind of want to like dig into that a little bit because, um, love gets brought up. Right. And, and the way he screams basically in the way the music chops that word up, you know, in this line, basically you've been defined as unworthy of love. And I confess I had placed in my heart the same address, you know, in the way he does that. Um, but I paint with my words, you're free. Don't fear. This is just a revolt. And so, I, I mean, love is, like, the the most, you know, difficult word to, like, deal with. <laughs> um, and it's the most powerful word, you know, in my opinion. Um, arguably, in, like, the English language, like, love and death, pretty much. And everyone everyone thinks differently of love, right? Like, when it comes to language, like, everyone is going to have a different definition, and so I think one characteristic of this song that is rather consistent is the, the love that he's talking about is something that keeps us apart from one another, you mm. know, because unity is, I, I believe, definitely, unity and fellowship is definitely a goal here. So, and, and there, it's a revolt against something. So what is keeping us from each other? You know what I mean? And it's ourselves. Like, we get so self-destructive and we destroy each other in many ways. And, and, and I think that, you know, if, if you're alive and you care about people a lot and you love people a lot, you're going to experience a lot of, um, opposition in your life, whether it's with your own character shortcomings or whether it's miscommunication relationships, it's like really difficult to deal with as a human trying to love people and get closer with them. We get in our own way and then we get in each other's way. And so I just wanted like, I, I have a ton of thoughts on this song, but I wanted to kick it off that this song is one of the largest battle cries for me to just like keep going. You know what I mean? 
just like when when you're feeling like when I'm feeling like spiritually exhausted, you know, and just like feeling super small or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, this is a song that's like, all right, it's worth it. Just keep yeah. going. I mean, I know that sounds super fucking Disney and sad, but that's a real thing that I deal with. You know yeah. what I mean? I get plenty of moments throughout my, my life and my days where I'm like, you're fucking small, insignificant, and a fool, <laughs> and you shouldn't even get out of bed. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> and, and, you know, that's just the way my brain works. And so when I'm reminded of how important it is to just love other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Open. No, I, I love those thoughts, dude. And I think in, if when I interpret these lyrics, I'm totally on the same page with you when he says, this is only a revolt. And then in the end, he says, this is, uh, this is revolution. I think about that type of love between people that like, if this ever truly exists purely, I'm not sure, but like unconditional love, or he talks about grace in this song, really coming together truly with people that might even be different than you or disagree with you or whatever, that to me, that's the revolt that he's talking about. And something I used to do with people is I would encourage them to do, uh, I called it a rebellion journal, where you would take notes for a week and basically, it was basically a fast. I'd say, hey man, what if you went and like didn't use your right arm for a week and then journal it. Cause I think going out of your way to relate with someone that's lost a limb, that is rebellion against a lot of ways of the world. Let's say who there's so much individualism, so many, what if you chose to totally weed out any identity politics out of your life and you just really listen to everybody. To me, that's true rebellion. That's truly that, that, or that's a true type of rebellion. Oh, against the way that so many people are trying to get us to live, to build walls, tearing down walls, that's actually rebellion. That's a rebellion against the world. Um, or I shouldn't say the world. There's just not a better way to put it, you know, or another way I can think of. Um, and that's, what I, that's why what you're saying resonates with me so much because to truly love one another, to truly stand hand in hand and walk without fear, that's a revolt against... I don't know who it is. I don't know who the man is. I don't know who the powers that be are, but there's clearly uh, division. And this sounds so cliche or trite or whatever, but there is clearly division. And when I can fight against those things and join hand in hand with people who aren't like me, um, that's, that's the revolt that I want to be a part of. I think to hear you guys both kind of say the... Um, um put the disclaimer out almost of like, Hey, I, I know at, at the sake of maybe sounding cheesy or hokey or emotional or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But what we have to remember, or at, at least this is what I tell myself mm. is that Whoops. music gives you art. Really all forms of art would give you the ability. Um, it, it, it kind of opens that door to feeling those things to, to allowing yourself to feel and when you allow yourself to feel, there can be this part of you that like, it just kind of stops you and like, nah, this is, this is kind of, this is just kind of hokey right now. I, I should, you know, yeah, whatever. I've actually got a, a, a pretty good life. I shouldn't let myself get emotional like this. And, or, or even if, even if you're trying to say too, like uh, Michael, when you're saying, you know, struggling with hating yourself and, and not liking maybe some of the decisions you make or how you, you know, put something or the way you thought about something or, or whatever. And you can kind of get down on yourself, allowing songs to 
be able to pull that emotion out of you. When you put it into words and you're just sitting here trying to talk with somebody, or if you went and just kind of lived a normal day like that, it can feel over the top or hokey or cheesy. Mm-hmm. But like, this is what I love about art is it lets you feel that in those moments and it creates a four or five minute emotional escape to feel that, to, to embrace that and, and the lyrical content of this, that rebellion, that love, um, to be able to feel that, uh, art, art is a place for the extremes, man. That's, that's what art is for. In my opinion, you just gotta, it's a place for the extremes and, and it, and that shouldn't be taken away from it. And it can be offensive or it can be something that you don't really like, but, um, but art is a safe place to have that. Uh, to have those extremes. And, and, and part of those extremes for me is allowing yourself to feel that emotion in that moment. Sure. And, and the chariot certainly pulls it out of me. And I think that's what is a bit special about them is, you know, I can hear, um, and I even talked to Michael about bringing up a song by the band The Bled. Like, their breakdowns mm. are just so good, dude. What's your, what's your guys' mantra on breakdowns? There's something clever. If it, <laughs> No, if it just if it it, it, all it is is just if if your if your metal song doesn't have a breakdown and we ain't got time for it. Oh yeah, it's just that's all it is. Not super clever. (laughs) This podcast needs merch. (laughs) But uh, the bled, their breakdowns are legendary in my opinion. Um, They have some phenomenal guitar parts. I'm sorry, that's so interesting because there I don't can't think of a single traditional breakdown in a chariot song, Mm -hmm. right? And it's. It's like our favorite metal band. Yeah. Because I agree about breakdowns. They somehow got away with not a one. Yeah, they, they have... Dude, they, they have their own type. They do, but they don't have like... When you think of like the Bled style breakdowns yeah, yeah. Or, or like a Beloved has like some of those, you're, these are just like, okay, they break it down. You know, the maybe chariot, they invented their own. Yeah. They really kind of the did, ch- actually. The Chariot, they, they definitely bring some stuff down, but they they do, dude, they're one of the only bands, the first band I heard, that does the whole just, everybody is just banging hard on a downbeat, and it's just, dun, dun, yeah. dun, like that's their style breakdown that is just unbelievable and it's it, it, they're all hit they're all hidden and it's slightly it's slightly off it's not you can just tell they're not recording to a metronome i'm, I'm kind of going off topic here but i think uh, um i think what's special about the chariot is it feeds that beast of like raw just badassery but then it also has this incredible emotional pull that draws some goodness out of you, some sincere, like, I want to live my life better listening to the chariot. I don't get that listening to the blood, right? There is this, this positive force behind it that is uniquely Josh Scoggin because I do, like, when I, when I see him live, he pulls this positivity out of you. And it's sensational. And so this is some of the most positive music that I can think of. And it just so happens to be the best metal on planet Earth. <laughs> uh, hell, hell, brother. Uh, dude, 100%. Same. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. I want to talk about history for a brief, hot second. Um, 
I think when it comes to this song and when it comes to this like really fierce declaration to like unify, um, I was thinking about it and you know, we don't need people like in ways, you know, historically we, I mean, we're just at such a, every generation is at a unique, you know what I mean? Junction in the history of existence. Yeah. Um, clearly things are accelerating at rates that are, you know, just unfathomable and, and will continue to do so. And it's straight up terrifying, I think, but we don't need people the way that others needed people for a long period of time, because with agrarian societies, you needed, you know, certain people for your food, for, you know, uh, uh, trades, you know, certain skills. And now we can just buy everything, you know what I mean? And, and it's just a different currency, a different system. And not only can we buy everything, but we don't have to interact with the people that we buy stuff from, you know? And it really just, I'm, I'm just very interested by it that we don't have enough time, but I'm just prefacing I read this, um, I, I put together this le- this lecture for an honors project last semester, and it was super fun. Um, I did a, I created a lecture on the Dust Bowl. And oh, was that the, did you do that over Zoom? Yeah. I think yeah. I watched some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to explore narrative variety and, and how that changes the way we look at different historical events. And one of the, one of the books that I read was this memo- memoir by this girl, um, at the time girl, Anne-Marie Lowe in the 1920s and she lived in South Dakota and just the way it was just very endearing hearing um, how she wrote about her own community and people's relationship with one another, you know, and just how um, important it was to have connection and bond and appreciation, you know, and like, dude, hundred percent, like the most important thing for me is just gratitude straight up. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but like, I'm just so fortunate to like believe in that, you know? And so when it comes to like disconnect, it's just really sad because we, we live in a time where we don't have to connect with each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like anyone is immune from that. I feel like that pains us all in ways that we might not even recognize um, until we have that connection, you know what I mean? And when you do have that connection, I, I think we're beings designed to connect with one another. And so, I don't know, man, this song, how fierce it is, it just, like, and I'm an addict, right? So I go to extremes and I've learned to balance myself. So I'm not suggesting that, like, when the Amazon person drops a package off at your door, you, like, open up your door and just become best friends with them. Because that's fucking insane. And we don't have time for that, right? (laughs) But, like, you know, just in our everyday interactions, but just with the people that I already know, like, this song, like Brandon said you know, f- encourages me to just dig deeper into yeah. the connections that I have, into the love that I have, and just be bolder. And or at least, or at least go into every conversation prepared to be amazed by the person because there's something. There. Yeah, and 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 I'll just say this last thing, this disclaimer before I hand it off. But like, it's super hard. It sounds great, but the first thing this requires is humility. And I don't, I don't know about you, but like humility is always gross to me at first because, uh, like it happened to me last week. Like there's times where I learn things about myself and I'm really disappointed at how prideful I am at how much I want people to like me or how much I don't like certain people and whatever. And so this kind of connection and unity to get it 
uh, and so when he says in the very beginning, you know, when it, it starts out, and I think it's very wise, this is only the start. You're only opening the book. You're only on the first line of what's going to take a little while. Yeah. And I think there's some spiritual wisdom and temperament in that because I think what he's saying is, Hey, I'm about to talk about like some really lofty stuff and who, you know, you know, hurrah, we're all in this together. I can't believe I just used a fucking Marine term, but anyways, uh, Hey, we're, we're all in this together. We're fighting the good fight, right? Dude, if fighting the good fight was easy, uh, we wouldn't have genocide, war, poverty, right? (laughs) All the things we're dealing with. Right. So we're talking about something that's gorgeous. Very hard to do. Well said. Nice. So I I want to I want to the whole topic of breakdowns, right? They might have the best what I would consider a breakdown on the deaf policeman. Uh, off the fiance? which I totally ripped in a Shaggy song. Oh yeah, where he's screaming because if there's blood on the roots, yep. then there's blood on the branches. That's the thing, dude. I One like the, copying music. Yeah, why well, not? It, it's it's a copy. A copy is not the word I would choose. Whatever it is, mimic. It's, inc- it, it's well, flattering. It's incredibly important that you recognize where your influences come from and allow yourself to be influenced. And you know who did you say it? You said it at one of. And I don't even know if this podcast is aired. So, Tyler, you might not. Um, it, it, I don't think it's aired yet. So, so you wouldn't have heard heard this. Um, but. Uh, and I say that like you've listened to all of our podcasts. Sorry, I've listened I don't to most of them. Yeah. I'm a fan. I, I and I know you've told me, and, and there are times you send me text messages, and I, in all sincerity, I am incredibly grateful and like just kind of taken off guard by any good friend who who actually listens to it. So I do appreciate that you have. But Michael, you you said something that you know. There's so so much hype about being an influencer and and going out and being positive and being that person to to be positive to other people and influence them. And he's like, but wait a second, can you just stop and allow yourself to be influenced, right? Yeah. Allow yourself to be influenced positively by others and yeah. and and have open ears, listen and like to be influenced and then act out on that and having it not only be a positive impact on you but then can also be I would argue that our time in Shaggy was a positive experience for the people that not only we were with but other people that had a chance to see it and be a part of it and yeah. like the small community of whatever just like any local band could have with their local crowd they have that positive input and and that effect like if if you can just allow that influence to be a positive thing there is no shame and it's not a copy it's 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 a it's it's an influence and i think that that has it's almost like a tipping of the hat it is and it has a negative connotation behind it but any true artist understands where their influence came from and allowed their own interpretation of it yeah you know and 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 so um uh, I think that because I would also argue there are plenty of things that Shaggy did that aren't even close to what the chariot was. There, there were other avenues that came with it, but, but this it's a spirit, spirit behind it. Nice, yes. and it was, and and, it, and I think the I think the spirit behind it is the proper term to use because I would argue that we had intensely spiritual moments together. Things that uh, things that impacted my core. You know the movie that what's the movie that uh, that that. Pixar movie where they have these experiences that go into the 
Inside oh, out. Inside Out. Oh, yeah. gorgeous Great movie. movie, dude. Yeah. Absolutely insanely good movie. Would draw tears out of me. But like Shaggy versus the Tank Tops, you and you rolling on the floor with the bass guitar and me screaming my balls is a core memory. Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was a like core a core memory uh, inside. It was like a, uh, a place of refuge for me, yeah. especially early on, because it was like one of the few wholesome things in my life. It was pure. It was just the music. It was a break from all the drugs and all the alcohol and everything because I wasn't really going to do that stuff around you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really need to at that time. You know what I mean? So for sure, dude, definitely. And the, it it is the spirit of the chariot. It, it like, is. And, and, and that and I, I, I think it's possible that if this band didn't exist – that we wouldn't have had that adventure together because yeah. it's what tipped it off for us to to really go and do that and and uh, there's a that's this band does hold some deeply spiritual moments I I owe to the chariot because of that not just from their songs but from the the musical experiences we had together because of that yeah and so there's a lot I owe this band. Um, well, look, we, I, we all could talk about this band. I am certain for three to four hours. I am certain. But yeah, I think and I do have to that, go get my that's son. That's not what we're doing. I think soon. what's important is <laughs> we're we've been talking about, we've been talking for 55 minutes and I don't think we really dug too much into the music of this song I know, or which the is lyrics, so incredible. which is crazy. Um, because I think, I think we've talked a lot about the band and a lot about our personal responses to the band. And I think that's important as well. But I, I, I want to, there are just a couple things that I want to get off my chest quick and then if it's cool with you guys, I'll get the last off my chest. You guys get the last off your chest. And uh, I'll whatever be quick. you want to owe. Can I just I'll, say I'll something be, before you do yeah. your thing before I forget? Yeah. Do you ever not trust Tyler's kindness when he texts you and like is like, hey, great? <laughs> because I'm like waiting for him to like ask me to like co-sign for like a loan or something. Because <laughs> he's like so kind and I'm like, no. Nah. And I enjoy listening to yours too. It's actually been a little while, so I'm going to have to check out some new episodes. Um, dude, but. I'm telling you, when I say about your guys' podcast, this show, I mean, and part of it is because it is tied to the chariot. I'm telling you, when I record my podcast, Almost as much as when I record my own music, I am doing the chariot. It's with the spirit of the chariot. It's I'm telling you, I've seen Josh Scoggin like this. You can't see if you're listening. With his mic like this. And this is what he does. Usually he holds it. Yeah. But this is what he does. I've seen him do this. And this is how I record yeah. my podcast often. Because I'm just like telling a story and I'm like, and then my butt crack was showing in the grocery store. And it's the chariot. It's yeah, it's all the chariot. It's just like get it's getting the lead out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pre chariot. Oh brother. <laughs> dude, <laughs> brother. dude, I I think uh well uh, look, you're you're right, man. And I there are there are moments the some of the best moments we've I've created in music from a live experience, it was heavily influenced by it, man. It, yeah. And it's just it's important to to note that. Um but like look, there are a couple things on this track that I just want to say. Um, it, it, that are, are a bit indicative of, of multiple Chariot songs, uh, songs by The Chariot, I should say. But they, uh, uh, they, have, they make great use of, the drummer makes great use of just hitting the kick and the cymbals um, across many of their songs. And they have a quick moment um, uh, near the beginning to middle of this song where he's just hitting the, I'm such a sucker, I've said it before, for just hitting cymbals and kick. I love it. Oh, it's no. intense. It builds. And, and the tempo's changing there, right? Slowing down. Yeah, it, it's it's great. 
and then later, uh, later, o- almost the entire build up to the O's, there are hardly any snares. In fact, he doesn't hit the snare until they do like the quick passing fill in between. But it's all just kick cymbal, and it's an incredibly creative use of kick and cymbal and the elements and how kind of uh, of staccato some of those elements are. The build up into the end of the song could be a very typical, you know, dun, 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 on the on the low tom and the kick and 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 maybe hitting a little hi-hat here and there. They could have done that and accomplished what they were doing, but what the drums are doing is so uniquely the chariot that it's it it is an incredible display. You're absolutely correct when you were saying, Michael, this song really puts on display all, almost all the kind of things they can do from fast punk beats to to balls out, you know, screaming metal to just pulling tears out of you at the end. Um, it, it, it really is, but that buildup is sensational, um, or, or the entry into the O part is sensational, how they build it up. It is uniquely them. And, uh, I don't think that should be overlooked. Um, their, uh, their guitar feedback is an element across almost all of their songs that is also uniquely them. It is my favorite musical element of this song and for many of the Chariot songs. When they pause... Um, when they pause and like the drum stops with the guitar, there is almost always squealing feedback that comes in, and it is not easy to achieve. It's not easy to accomplish in the way that they accomplish it, and it's it switches pitches when when they stop, and the the maniacal feedback on their pauses are mm-hmm. legendary. Yep, it is. It is uniquely the chariot. Nobody else does it quite like it. It is on almost all of their pauses across all of their songs, and. Um, I have tried to record incredible feedback in the past and it is not easy to do. It's not by accident. It's very intentional and it is, uh, it, it just, it makes me just like part of, part of why I love them so much. Um, a quick nerd level of detail is that, uh, part of, and, and the feedback is part of it, um, in that, there is this whistling sound that happens when you record guitars, and it happens around 2,600 hertz. It, it's kind of in between this 2,500 to 3,000 hertz. There's this whistling in the mid-range of a guitar. And guitars are mid-range instruments. That's the pocket they sit in. But what happens when you record them, and it, and, and especially many guitarists record through an SM57 microphone, and I've experienced this. I experienced this on almost all the things that I record, is in that, that 2,600-ish hertz, hurts there is this whistling that if you take out the the very top end you know your 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 10,000 plus hertz and then the bottom end <clears throat> bottom to kind of midish end any anywhere up to a thousand hertz uh, zero to a thousand if you were to cut those and kind of just focus on the 2600 hertz range in a guitar you will hear this whistle this <laughs> and I hear songs all the time now that were recorded um, maybe on, you know, because I listen to a lot of music that that didn't get recorded in million-dollar studios, okay? And guitars, <clears throat> there will be these parts where guitars just have this whistle that's in the back background, and, and it's kind of a little bit piercing. And I always cut that whistle out. I can hear it. When I go to mix, I intentionally, I could show you all the guitar tracks that I mix. It drops that out and it cuts that whistle out. The Chariot has that in. It has it in across pretty much all of their albums. They record 
multiple albums, if not all of them, live in the studio, basically, all yep. together. They don't sit and track them separately to a metronome and all that, right? That's also part of their charm and part of why I love them. But that whistling sound within their guitars is just part of their sound. And at the end of this song, when they are just banging chords and singing the O's, there is whistling going on in those guitars that is feedback-ish, and it fills in this audio spectrum that I, I, I have to tell you in this incredibly weird way, this sound that I try to cut out of my mixes and that I wish was not there in other mixes that I've heard is part of what I love about these guys' mixes. It is this, it flips it on its head in a way that just, it, 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 it's something so special awesome. and so nerdy about it to me that like even the stuff that should be cut out of other songs needs to be in this stuff, man. I, I love these guys on multiple levels um, and, and, and the way they record, the way they write, how positive the music is, it can't be matched. Hands down, you're just wrong if you disagree. <laughs> uh, Go ahead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll let you close it out. Um, uh, okay, geez, Louise. A uh, couple quick things. Yeah, I think like sonically, I think it sounds like musically, it sounds like going from one destination to another. So speaking to what you know, Tyler's saying, you know, it's about touring. It's about you know, um, uh, bringing people together in these, you know really inclusive ways um and inclusivity is just hard it's a yeah it's a it's a you know i just kind of want to go on a spiritual rant we don't have time so like when they're at the part um you know screaming into the next town this is only a revolt like it sounds like they're you know like on horseback like as a horde yeah. <laughs> going to the next town yeah. and then they you know they'll stop and then another you know verse will come in and they will just break it down um one thing that they do musically just perfect and better than anyone and and a lot has to do with his 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 songwriting and and, and lyrical you know um uh you know deafness is breaking up syllables in lines and then breaking up lines themselves. And so there'll be like multiple musical parts on just like one vocal, like um, poetic line. You know what I mean? So like when he starts screaming, like basically you've been, de uh, you've been defined as unworthy of love. And then that line in the next three, dude, there is so much going on in the music. They're just changing it up. And there's yeah. times where he's on like the same word and like the way he stresses, like confess and stuff. And so like, what that does, I think for me, more than anything, is like if you're going to scream words, like, I mean, that's one of the most visceral, one of the most um, sensory appealing things that you can do as like a human being is screaming. And then you f build this huge foundation of music, right? To just like amp it up. And then you're sending it. And he's finding a way to punctuate human expression at its most climactic level is with you know brilliant musicianship screaming and he's stressing syllables and to stress syllables like that is just fucking amazing it is amazing so when he's screaming about hey like you've been deemed unworthy of love like i've done that to myself too but like it's time to be free 
and he's screaming it with the most just radical punk metal ever, I'm like, what the fuck? And I love that you call it amazing because so many people, even musicians that I respect, it's so str- one in particular, I won't say his name, is like, this isn't even, what are they even doing? This is so easy to do. I'm going, no, it's not. It's hard to do at the cherry dust. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, I'll just try and give the, my my last thoughts. Um, you know, when when it comes to like my life application or whatever takeaways from this song, um, you know, to steal a principle from the old Bible. Uh, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think you know a bit about it. Uh, I don't really. I'm a bit of a thumper. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just I meant like y- yeah, you're knowledgeable, and I don't fucking. I'm just an idiot. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done, and like not a lot of workers willing to do it. In my opinion, oh, there's sure. a lot of work to be done, and and that's not in like a savior complex type way. Like I don't feel like. You know, I remember like hearing that in like church, like, you know, always being on mission, you know, what is your influence? Like who, you know, and, and just finding the most like clever and subtle ways of just saying like, who are you going to save? Right. Mm -hmm. Or how are you going to be whatever the fuck? I'm not even going to go about my resentment towards that. But I think that when it comes to like, there's a lot of work to be done and not many workers. I, I think we just need more people and I need to do this myself included starting in my own marriage is finding ways to love well and it's super important and people's lives depend on it um and so like that's that's i get charged you know when you're talking about like it's kind of cool the analogy you made about like being plugged in or whatever but like this song charges my spirit to be able to just get back out there and be like all right man like yeah be less you and more we you know yeah i love it i love it I will say on that, you're some say you're not worthy of love. It'd be sweet to do a mashup between this song and Trouble with Boys by Bazan, where he goes, You are worthy of love. Yeah. Two very different songs. Uh, very different. My nerd level detail is a kind of a unique one in that uh, one day in Milwaukee during this song, the guitarist, Stevis something, jumped off the balcony at the rave down into the crowd. During this song, it was unbelievable. It was like he landed like a quadruple kickflip. Everyone was just like, nice, like patting him on the back. <laughs> Wait, did he land in people's hands? In did people's they hold hands. him up? Okay, I was about to say, yeah. geez. Okay. He landed in his yeah. hands and his guitar was on stage yeah. during this song. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, dude. Uh, my favorite lyric is when he says, uh, and I spoke with the. I have two favorite lyrics. One that's on theme with the whole song and one that stands alone. Uh, Maybe said that I spoke uh, spoke my piece and I spoke with the wrath of his grace. I love that it's putting those two words that seem to disagree with each other. Uh, and some people would talk about the character of God. He's got wrath and love. And I, don't, I think that actually is a better description of that um, when he says I spoke with the wrath of grace because when you are, like, when you act truly gracious towards a person... I think it actually destroys things that needed to be destroyed. Like when someone is truly gracious towards you, or when I'm truly gracious towards someone or truly unconditional, I think it clears paths. It speaks volumes. It says so much that needs to be said. Um, It destroys all of the right things. When grace is pure and true, it doesn't have an ulterior motive like getting your number, meeting your Christian quota or something that you, you know, you alluded to, like go out with grace, like really have grace on people. I heard Richard Rohr say this morning, he said, dude, trying to like work your way 
into people's lives or even worse, into favor with God. He's like, you are basing your whole life on adding and subtracting and God doesn't even know math. And I thought about it. I was like, well, let me picture God as a baby. That'd be like trying to prove, show like a math equation to a baby. That's what bringing all of your goodness and your works and whatever to God. It's like God doesn't even know how to count and you're bringing him all of your numbers. You know what I mean? And that's what I love about that lyric is when you truly get a hold of what I believe to be grace, dude, it destroys all of the right things. And I love, and I think that's the revolution that he's talking about. Um, and I alluded more to that earlier. The standalone lyric is when he says, I saved my money, but it can't save me. Like if Eminem, if you told me Eminem wrote that, I'd believe you. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'll be tattooed on my body before yeah. I'm dead, I'm sure. That, that's actually, that's exactly what I had down for the favorite lyric. I guess I realized it, but yeah, I saved my money, but it can't save me. That's, that's a, a Brandon line. Wilson lyric right that's there. <laughs> that's a Brandon Wilson lyric right I'm there. I'm glad we I'm glad we shared that uh that I, yeah, when I like a lyric like that is just uh it's funny because it's a simple concept that's well understood by anybody but um there's no there's no fat on that. There's no fat on the way he says that. Yeah. It is perfectly put. Well, we talked about this song being about them as a traveling band. And a lot of people probably, he's probably not making a ton of money in the chariot. He's probably getting by. And he probably gets talked to a lot about that. Because he's probably had plenty of opportunities to produce and whatever. In mm -hmm. fact, I know he has. Um, but he's doing what he loves. Mm -hmm. And he could save his money. And, or he could go out and get a whole lot more. But it's not going to save him. And it's easy to look horizontally for salvation and fulfillment from all these different things. None of it will save you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? None of it will truly fulfill you. It's going to be something greater. And you know, we talk about our high power all the time. Um, and I know, obviously, of course, I know that means different things for different people. But you're right. There is no fat on that. He just says it and, and he moves on. It's right to the point. <laughs>